0: I'm Walker from the MMO Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Shannon Hearn from the West Coast Eagles. This is Nathan Jones from the Melbourne Football Club. Phil Davis from the GOS Giant. That's hey, Brad Averton from the Port Adelaide Football Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Number 22 of my 50 most relevant players for Supercoach, Dream Team, and AFL Fantasy. Perhaps you're just on the journey new for us at the Coaches Panel. This list is all about discussing who I believe are the most relevant players across all of your salary cap formats. Cash cows, mid-prices, premiums, uh, the works we throw them all in. Number 22... Lockie Neal is who we're talking about, the brand new Brisbane line To help me talk about him, a man that if you play AFL Fantasy You've probably seen him up towards the top for the past couple of years He was the sole winner of 2017 and the joint winner of 2018 I'm talking about Selby, hello mate, how are you?
1: And MJ. Thanks
0: for having me, mate. Mate, an absolute pleasure. Hey, before we get into Lockie Neal, especially for AFL Fantasy coaches, uh, but there is some relevancy for Dream Team coaches, you've put together an, an incredible package where not only are you giving all of your resource, all of your stats and kind of your opinions on players in fantasy, but also you're donating that for an incredible cause. What's the website and how can we get involved in it?
1: Uh, the website's com. that's spelled m-i-r-e-i-r-a-s m-a-g-i-c dot com um, my team name Mareras Magic I've, as you know i put it as all of us do a lot of time into my fantasy yeah. and, and last year prior to the season starting I thought well I had a lot of people asking me uh, what sort of stuff do you look for what tips can you give me so I made it available to, to keen coaches out there and, and done the same again this year so um, Available on that website to purchase. All proceeds to go to the Starlight Foundation, and um, it's been yeah pretty well received so far. I think we just topped uh, 15k this morning, so um hoping to to get the 20k mark and yeah make that donation prior to the season starting
0: yeah look absolutely full credit to you for not just making that resource publicly available but then to do so uh, for a great charitable cause hats off to you the uh, link is in the description in this podcast so you can go and check that out some great resource especially for afl fantasy coaches but if you play dream team same scoring format yet different trading strategies i understand but still some very important information for you to go and check out Let's talk about Lockie Neal, 25 years old, Brisbane Lions midfielder, and last year his best score in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team was against the West Coast Eagles. It was a 138. It was 159 for super coaches against Carlton. His average last year, basically identical to what he did the year before for AFL Fantasy. 100.2 was his seasonal average, while in Supercoach, 111.9. From a price tag perspective, you're going to set you back just over 600000 in in Supercoach, 727000 in AFL Fantasy, and not far off that for AFL Dream Team. 2018? was another fantastic year for the former Fremantle docker. Second time in three years, he's been recognized as Frio's best player, winning the Dweig medal ahead of Mundy and Fife. And last year, he was ranked fifth across the league for total disposals, fifth for clearances, and sixth for center clearances. Some of those numbers are really important as to why his supercoach numbers are so strong. And he did that all from just 80% game time. But prior to his move from Fremantle, his scoring's been... Incredibly consistent, hasn't it, Selby, across every format, averaging 100 or more in the past four seasons in every format. Last year was a top five scorer in Supercoach uh, and finished with an average of 111 and scored 16 tons. And crazily, he had a bit of a slow start because his first ton in Supercoach didn't come until after round five. And if you look at his work over the last 18 games, purely in Supercoach, he only missed 100 in 2 of his final 18 matches. Where for AFL fantasy, uh, he scored his average of 100 or more in 14 matches and he registered the ton over that in a uh, over the 125 mark and about two or three games. He's just one of these guys Selby isn't he that especially in Supercoach but yes for dream team and fantasy, he just finds a way to keep getting ton after ton after ton.
1: Yeah exactly and you, you know exactly what you're going to get from him as you said his price at 727 in AFL fantasy, which is priced at 100. He obviously averaged 100 last year, and you break down the season first half of the year, he averaged 100. Second half of the year, he averaged 100. 2017, the year before, he averaged 100, and would you believe it, he averaged 100 in the first half and 100 in the second half. So, as us greedy fantasy coaches, we typically want a bit more than that 100, but it's, there's nothing wrong with um, knowing what you're going to get out of him, and it appears to be 100 this number.
0: Well, so people are certainly thinking early into the preseason last year with that massive, you know, 150-odd score in the preseason. That's kind of what tipped his ownership numbers right over the edge, especially in AFL fantasy, to start last year. Uh, well, you could do worse. You're right. Yes, we always probably want this guy that's going to go 110, and I'm keen to get your take in a minute on whether or not he can elevate those scores back to his 2016 numbers. But I think you know with Lockheed Neal that, at worst, he's going to hit you 100, where we've talked about guys throughout the 50 most relevant and maybe perhaps some others to come in the next 20 or so, that their basement or their bad games can actually burn and hurt you, and there's too many question marks about whether or not they'll hold their seasonal average, at least with Lockie. Yes, we probably want a little bit more, and maybe in fantasy we'll get it. Supercoach, he's already doing it for us. But you go, he's going to give me 100. I could deal with that at worst.
1: Yeah, I got sucked in last year from that pre-season game, and Although I was slightly disappointed with his output, he, he never really dished up a bad game. He's one of those sort of players, a bit like Clayton Oliver. Clayton Oliver is obviously a better version of him where when you are watching the games, they are always on screen. And although they are handball happy, which you get one less point in mm. AFL fantasy, it's, at least you're not having a heart attack when you refresh the scores and you don't see him moving for 20 minutes. He's, yeah. he's always there. He's on screen getting his possessions, albeit plus twos and, <laughs> and not by the, um, the Tom Mitchell lengths of always having like a plus 15 plus 20 in a five-minute period, but he's um he's not a bad guy. To own in terms of your uh, your stress levels, that's for sure.
0: Certainly, the year prior, he was almost identical to what he delivered from a super coach perspective. He averaged 109 back in 2017. 13 scores of 100 or more, while in AFL fantasy, that identical average, 100.2, and he hit the ton mark. In 11 matches. Now, while these two are, are very handy seasons, what really put him on super coaches and AFL Fantasy and Dream Team Coaches radar was what he was able to deliver back in 2016. He averaged 111 in AFL Fantasy that year, 15 tons from that year. Supercoach averaged 112 and an unbelievable 18 scores over the 100 mark. I think added to the factor of his consistent 100 average, Selby, is the fact that over the past five seasons he's just missed the two matches and what there are so many reasons why your fantasy season can go pear-shaped quickly, but one of them is when you end up getting these premiums that are prone to injuries and missing a week or two here, or they're prone to getting themselves a suspension here or there. History says that if you're investing in Lockie Neal, yes, in AFL Fantasy, you probably want a little bit more than what you're getting right now, but you're probably not going to have to sideways trade him because of an injury, just based off his injury history.
1: oh, Absolutely. Um, and consistency is the key yeah. injury. He doesn't get tagged, so you do know what you're going to get on him, and you can't put a price on that.
0: No, I don't think so. Look, the move to Brisbane um, won't damage his fantasy output, um, especially with the departure of former skipper Dane Beams. While they're not identical players, his recruitment probably means that at least at the stoppages, um, the Lions midfield isn't going to be taking a drastic step back uh, in their centre clearance and contested ball numbers. Um, like at Fremantle, he's probably likely to be number two in the tagging order. We saw countless times throughout last year, and Dane Zorco owner known at 0-2. Well, that he's clearly can be impacted and affected by the tag. And so you'd expect opposition teams that do have a recognized tagger or a stopping midfielder are likely to go to Zorko. Selby, what do you predict? Do you think Zorko's still the number one tag target or do you think Lockie Neal may have elevated himself to that level?
1: No, I absolutely agree with you there, MJ's. You have the Zorko shield as you will. And, um, I believe Dane Beams is almost more damaging than Nocky Neal and mm. Beams rarely got tagged last year. team's obviously opted to, to take the Zorko option given that he's shown he does um, does suck, uh, struggle with that tag and if you let him off the leash he gets away from you. So, I think that will be the same this year coming. So, Lockheed should be able to run free.
0: Yeah, I think so. Look, every preseason over the last couple of years, Lockie Neal's one of the most discussed players amongst all fantasy footy community websites and coaches. Love to talk about him as kind of the next uber midfielder. And for Supercoach, I kind of understand the amount of conversation and expectation given in that format. He's gone 112, 109, 111. And that makes him a top 10 midfielder. So, from a Supercoach perspective, I absolutely think he's a viable starting squad option. If he's not, he needs to be on the upgrade target. However, in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, everyone keeps referring back to that 2016 season um, and believing, oh, he'll get back to that 110 seasonal average. And I think, Selby, we need to ask ourselves, why was there such a drastic jump in that year because the years prior, 2015, 2017, 2018 following, he, he hasn't gone over 101 from a seasonal average. Um, so what made that 2016 year so different that his possession count jumped to a career-high 33 and he added on an extra 10 points per game on a seasonal average in AFL Fantasy? Have you got any thoughts or insights you think, made of why he had such a big seasonal jump?
1: I don't, to be honest with you, MJ. Um, and it was... He was on the way up the trend up to the year before that 110, he averaged 100, and the year before that he averaged 84, so he, he jumped up 15 points, then he jumped up 16 points, and he jumped up 11 points to that 110, so it just looked like that was going to be his natural progression and, and continuing his merry way, in my opinion, to, to keeping up that 100, but obviously, as we've seen the last 24 months it, that might have been an outlier, and it's easy. He's more of a 100 kind
0: of guy. Yeah, it's quite true because I think when you look at that year on first glance and, and you contrast it to his then captain, you know, and star midfielder, Nat Fife, who only played just the five games alongside him this year, you could probably think, well, that's why. Five out, kneel in. But if you look during that year, um, his average only was five points up per game with Fife in the side in fact over the past two years in 2017 and 18 his averages in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team are actually better when Nat Fife plays even up 10 points per game last year when they share so I don't think Fife's absence is the exact full picture of why it jumped up Um, rather I think He got those extra possessions um, inside the defensive 50 that year. He had that career-high 33 touches. Fremantle finished 16th, only won the four matches, and were constantly getting belted, not just inside the contest, but on the scoreboard. So um, I can remember and went back just over the past week or two and and watched a number of games from 2016, and countless times in, in that year, contrast to other years, I'm seeing him getting these cheap, Plus sixes, as we'd refer to him in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. You know, these marking kicks deep inside defensive 50 where he often hasn't had to do that the past couple of years. So personally, my take on why I think he's kind of dropped back from the pack a little bit is... In the past two years, he's not needed to get those cheap, easy ball deep inside the defensive fifty. As Fremantle have kind of built up that defensive unit, and Connor Blakely's taken some of that opportunity. So, so I think that's where he did kind of get some of that build-up. But now that he's in a new club, do you have any hesitation or concern that that's going to impact his fantasy scores, Selby? Or do you think it's same old, same old for Lockie Neal?
1: I think he needed the catalyst. If it wasn't any change, if he was going back into Freo again this year, then I wouldn't look twice at him. But the fact that he is moving clubs, and we've seen in the past, Tom was an example, even yeah. Dangerfield, up to his average changing clubs. Uh, players tend to be a lot more motivated. They're trying to impress new teammates. They're trying harder. And you'd argue that I'm a Docker supporter myself, so I've, I've been in the, the lows the last couple of years yeah. with Freo, and he, he might have just lost it, a bit of motivation running around and thought, well, what's the point running hard for this extra? mark and kick mm. i'll let some, like i'll let someone else do it and same with attacking i think his tackle numbers have dropped off the last couple of years as well he hasn't looked as ferocious at the footy mm. so there's every chance maybe a new club a new surroundings more motivated um trying to make an impression he could go back to the Lockie near which we loved watching on the screen he just looked like he had those biggest tendencies where he'd be the man in the ball for a tiny little 15 meter kick which we love as coaches yeah um there's I think there is a chance that could pop back up.
0: Yeah, I certainly think so too. I I believe in Supercoach. He's going to continue on his merry way of being right in their conversation uh, as a top 10 midfielder. And for me in AFL fantasy to pick him, I, I can't see it happening because I've heard and seen enough over the past few years of him having these massive early preseason, big games, and then he just stays at a hundred midfielder. So right now for me in that format, he's probably an upgrade target. Um, and I know some in the fantasy community rank him as a top eight midfielder and that's okay. I've, I've been wrong before and will be wrong again about many players. But right now for me, I think Lockie, um, in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, I feel comfortable locking him away as an upgrade target and watching him, whereas in Supercoach, he's certainly riding contention as a starter. I'm not doing it right now, but he's riding contention. What are you thinking about Lockie Neal? Is he a start, upgrade, or just pass? As I said,
1: you could, you could take the punt that he will jump again. Um, she so could potentially start with him. and I know there are a lot calling that he could be a top eight mid. I'm not one of those. Um, so I wouldn't start with him. I think mm. if he even does have that eight to 10 point upside, there's, there's players with further upside um, around that price point, which he could look at as well. The one thing a new club could bring also, as you mentioned earlier, is, is low game time last year of 80%. The year before that was 78% game time, whereas he might be coming in a new system. Fagan might have different game plan and, and different limits on those mids. So... Mm. There's every chance if that could bump up to an 85% like Dane Beams was doing last year. Zorko's around that 85 mark. That's a couple of free points he could be getting because he's a its a pretty good high um, point-per-minute scorer. So that could be a yeah. natural progression to 105 without even added motivation. So I certainly see where people are coming from. I um, think he could be that top eight. But last year, based on points per minute, he was ranked 14th in the comp yeah. based on mids. So I think that's almost... The peak for him, if he if he does get that increased game time, gets a few extra touches. I think 14th um, mids is a, is around that mark, just short of the top eight. And um, as I said, you want to start your team with players who you think you're going to finish either in the top eight mids or top six in their position, or someone who you think is going to considerably jump on their average. And I don't think Lockie Neal's either of those. That he's going to fall just short of the top eight, and he's not going to um, jump enough to, to warrant selection.
0: Yeah, it's fair enough for AFL Fantasy too. Let's talk about drafts before we wrap up this episode. In Supercoach, uh, you could probably build a case that he's a, a worthy round one selection. I'm not sure I'd do that, um, given some of the great options we've got in, in other lines as well. Given that he is ranked as a top 10 midfielder, you could say that, but I think more than likely in Supercoach, uh, he's a second round selection, and you may you may see him slide in some Supercoach drafts to as late as the third round Um, and that would be an absolute bargain if you could pick that up. In AFL fantasy, Selby, where do you kind of rank him as a midfielder amongst the rest of the pack?
1: Yeah, as I said, I think that upside of being the rank in his points per minute last year against the other mids, so he's he's currently ranked 25th on price, and he's ranked points per minute of 14. I think he's closer to 14 than the 25th best midfielder, so I'm... I'd happily go and look him now and say, yeah, 14 is my number. Yeah, we,
0: and that would probably put him as a, a round two selection, potentially a, as late as a, a round three. Again, you're right. There, there are plenty amongst the fantasy community that believe he's a top eight midfielder, and, and if they see him available inside the second round, they'll jump very quickly after him. But there'll be some that um are a similar position to, to yourself and I who think on look he'll still be a very good play and a very great um draft option because he consistently gets tons and he does not miss matches and that's what you want in, in your draft leagues from premiums and so some may think he goes as late as the third but uh, i wouldn't pick him in the first round in afl fantasy but definitely if he's available in the second round depending on what i'm doing maybe i'll seriously consider it hey mate appreciate your work today as we've talked about Lockie Neal.
1: cheers mj i enjoyed it too and um all the best for the rest of the preseason and good luck for the season coming.
0: Thanks mate. Hey, you too. Let's see if you can get that hat trick of wins in AFL fantasy going. Uh, if you want to go and check out the article on Lockie Neal, it's at coachespanel.tv as are all the links for all the other players, uh, that we have covered so far in the 50 most relevant. If you want to become a part of our Patreon, get some exclusive access and early access content, the links are at coachespanel.tv. And if you do want to check out that great website and the incredible package, uh, that Selby's put together for AFL Fantasy Coaches. The link is in the bio of this podcast to go and check out. Get that resource for yourself and uh, help an incredible charity while you do it as well. The second last player of the 20s in the 50 most relevant lands tomorrow and it's an absolute monster of a player.